advisory to those who are not animal lovers, open to new ideas, or interested in integrative holistic healthcare for your pets, and believe that prescription diet is the best food for your pet. This podcast may offend your sensibilities. Have you ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang, and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Welcome to The Raw Entrepreneurs, Season 1, Episode 11. This is Part 2 of Terry Swanson's interview. It is an honour and privilege to have been granted the very first interview with this amazing lady with a huge heart for rescues and is one of my heroes, Terry Swanson. She has saved countless lives and still counting with a special therapy that is non-toxic and does wonders on a cellular level. What she does is most magical and her updates always leave me in awe. This is Terry's journey as a hyperbaric oxygen therapist for animals. Do you think you could do a layman um, introduction to your, to your chamber behind you and, and explain how how it's done? Um, yeah, I can sure try. So this is, this is, this is one of our chambers. Okay. Um, we chose the acrylic because that we can watch the animals. We can watch for, we can, we watch wounds that are black, literally turn pink under oxygen. And it, it's very quiet in there. Um, there are other models. It's just Susan and I with our animal husbandry skills. We just felt that these chambers were very roomy. Right. And this chamber is big enough that we can split in half or in thirds and vary if we're dropping the animal for a 90 minute session. So for us, it's all about saving their lives. And it's very quiet inside. Um, our animals just go in and relax and go to sleep. Um, but basically, as soon as you shut the door and turn the oxygen on, they start healing. Wow. And they stay in there for about 90 minutes at uh, one session or? Yes. Yes, about 90 minutes, just depending on what we're treating is uh, the difference in the depth. Um, these are our depth gauges that tell us how deep they're going. This is the actual pressure in the chamber. Uh, this is where we set the pressure. Uh, we just slowly move our chambers up at, um, by, by hand. We don't ever just set it and let it operate itself, basically. Um, 
they, the animals, the only thing they feel in there is just like you and me when we're in an airplane, we feel um, the barometric pressure change. Right. Um, yeah. So you have popping in the ears, you have, um, you know, your sinus cavities and stuff like that. Like this, this morning I was working on a bull terrier and they have a really different structure to their face. And so we have to be careful with them as far as going up and down because as the molecules shrink, it puts more into the gas, gases spaces in the body. Um, hyperbarics is, is a very, very safe modality. It just, it's who's running the chamber makes all the difference in the world. Our staff goes through a 40 hour undersea medical society, safe, basic hyperbaric medicine and safety course face to face with our instructor, Kevin Corzin. And then they go 200 hours with a senior technician. And our definition of a senior technician is someone that has over a thousand hours of animals under pressure. So you learn to read what the animal is feeling in the chamber those changes. Some of the dogs with really long, heavy, floppy ears, their eustachian tubes are pulled down a little bit, and so it's harder for them to clear or pop your ears. Um, so we have to be very careful with those to not cause any damage. Um, some of the baby horses that we have treated will get a gas bubble coming up, which is when the oxygen starts expanding. And you'll see them maybe get a little bit painful and then we just go back down for a little bit and then come on up. Um, what happens with hyperbaric oxygen therapy is the oxygen molecules under gas pressure, not like what you would feel pressure pressure. Um, the oxygen molecules become so small that they cross over to the plasma side of your blood. Your blood at this atmosphere where we are breathing 21% oxygen your red cell side, unless you're very, very sick, is 95% oxygenated. So there's really no more room for oxygen on the red cell side other than, you know, 4% maybe. But under hyperbaric conditions, the plasma can carry 20 times more oxygen than your red cell cells can. So that... So that goes everywhere, your cerebral fluids, your brain, your, we do a lot of kidney failure, liver failure. It, it, it perfuses, everything in the body is super saturated with oxygen. Wow. Um, how many sessions can an animal go through? I mean, like how often the frequency? Um, like we were doing a cat yesterday well he just went home a little while ago um uh it's called thrombosis have you heard of that they yeah. in cats they get what's called a, it's it's where a blood clot breaks off from the heart usually they have some heart issues and it lodges in either above the back legs or in one of the main arteries that feed like a front leg he had a front leg he was going in the chamber three times a day um for 90 minutes at various pressures because we could actually watch the color change in his paws from black to pink. But it was trying to get the body to take over and do it because he can't live in a hyperbaric chamber the rest of his life. So 
we tweaked the treatment by watching what we were able to see. Um, we've done some saddle thrombosis in cats and have had, have had good success. We've only had three over the 10 years that people have taken the time to try to search out and find help for their animal. Um, uh, we're doing a kidney failure doggy right now that we did his first four treatments. We did them each 12 hours apart to keep the kidneys perfused. He had eaten a bottle of Advil, which is nephrotoxic. Um, we've done a lot of nephrotoxic drug um, with this and have done really good, but he unfortunately did it a year ago. So he's continued to have bad kidney health and he's only two and a half years old. So they just found out about us and decided to give it a try. I don't have the results from it, but it's one of them that we will put out there for you um, pretty soon, I hope. Um, he gets blood work Friday. Wow. It's, that's, that's really amazing. I'm speechless because, like I said, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. <laughs> um, well, I, there's a, I have a whole huge group of people that have helped behind the scenes that want to see hyperbarics not only available for animals, but affordable. And we only work from prescriptions from veterinarians. We are not veterinarians. Right. So we work very closely with our veterinarians and most of them are really good friends of ours. And um, they, they see the necessity of it. They just don't see how they can get it in their practice. Um, so basically we get you know, animals are referred from different clinics to us. So currently, I remember you used to have a mobile unit that you could drive around, and then right. I remember it got stolen. Um, yes, that I remember. That was devastating. Yeah, that that was really horrible. Um, currently, your setup is it uh, stationary? This one that I'm working on that we're in today, yes, it is. We still have the mobile units; we're just not moving them. Right. Um, and how, how has, you know, um, COVID-19 in your state affected the way you're running your business now? Um, we strictly are only doing drop-offs, um, so that we have no interaction. We're very careful. We, you know, which is really hard for me because I always want to pet and cuddle all the doggies and kitties that come in, but we don't, we wrap them in a towel because they can pick up COVID on their coat, right. not that they are a carrier. <laughs> at all but they thank can thank you for saying we, that thank you for saying that we can since we can carry it on our hair and skin so can they mm. so we you know the ones that we can't physically pick up we have to go through and bleach the floors and all that good stuff so they just go in and out um not allow, not allowing we aren't doing where we're splitting the chamber in half because it's different households uh so that's affected making it affordable. We charge $90 to run a, a, a full session by themselves. So that's made it a little bit more unaffordable for some people. Um, but we just, it's, that's as low as we can possibly try to operate. No, I, I just wish, you know, you in Singapore, <laughs> cause you know, I would love to have a service like that. Really? Well, all you got to do is we, I mean, it, they, it, they are not hard to get set up. It really is not. I mean, 
I did it. So anybody can do it. <laughs> just got to get, you just got to first start with the knowledge base and the safety. Safety is what it's all about. Because I really feel us in the animal industry, we have 132 indications on the veterinary side for hyperbarics, which in the human side in the U.S., there's only 14 indications that they use it. Now, there are what's called off-label facilities where you can go get hyperbaric treatments um, that are overseen by an MD. They'll, you get a, take it, you know, basically the same thing we do here. Um, we have a veterinarian that finds an indication and sends to us. In the human industry, you can go to an MD and they will make sure that you don't have any counter indications like a weakness in your lung or something that the technician needs to know about. Um, and then they approve you to go for hyperbarics and that's off label and you can go for anything. I had 30 sessions for Lyme's disease and it made a world of difference in my health. Wow, 30 sessions. And, and that helped? Um, does it cure? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a bit ignorant when it comes to Lyme disease because I don't think we have it in Singapore. Um, is, is, it curable? is it curable or? I don't know if it goes into remission, but uh, my hyperbarics guy talked to my um, PA and had him change the drugs that I was on. The, the normal thing is doxycycline. He said, no, get, he had, had him do, told him, we're going to send her for hyperbarics, put her on two rounds of Z-Pak. Um, and I did that and I have not had any reoccurrence of it. And that was eight years ago. Wow. So no side effects, non-toxic treatment. Um, is there anything that we, sh you know, uh, shouldn't use for HBOT at all? Or I mean, I, there isn't anything. I mean, I, I put them in right after surgeries. I mean, I put in animals that are comatose in here. It's mostly who's operating the chamber. That's the thing, because you can do damage by operating the chamber incorrectly, not venting it properly, not, you know, cleaning it properly, um, operating it too fast, letting them come to surface too fast. To me, it's all about the who's had the training on, on it. Um, when we do trauma cases hit by cars, we have to be careful um, but this can happen just to anyone that has a weakness in their lung. There's a thing called pneumothorax, right. which is where the lung collapses. And, and that's one of the reasons that every animal that comes here is tied to an in-state veterinarian. We get a lot of people that come from out of state, but we tie them to one of our partners here in case we should have a problem. Um, cause the lung can just collapse and it's got to be reinflated upon leaving the chain, leaving the chamber. So when we have trauma cases that come in like that, we really watched for animals to, you know, start struggling under hyperbaric conditions. Um, knock on wood, we haven't had that trouble. Um, everybody's done really good. Yeah, I'm pretty hard-headed. Um, but uh, there, there's some temporary side effects, like it, you, get, you, you can see a lot better. It tightens the rods and cones in your eyes. Um, Borrow trauma, you can rupture an eardrum if they're, if somebody's going up and down too fast. Uh, you can have trauma in your nasal cavity. Um, 
they don't like you to dive or do a treatment if you have upper respiratory infections, but I will tell you that we do a lot of them. We just have to be trained to, to read the animal in the chamber, the same way with the human industry. So it's, it's all about who, who's operating the chamber. And as far as, you know, you're the only one offering this service for the animals in the United States? No, no, there are other companies. Uh, Seacrest Industries uh, provides hyperbaric oxygen chambers for veterinarian clinics only. Um, ours are purchased out of the human market um, side, so we have to buy them secondhand, basically. H HVM is another company that has an all steel chamber. They only provide chambers for veterinary clinics. Um, at the time that we went into this business, there was a company in, in Canada, but they're no longer in service um, that made metal chambers. Uh, we just chose the acrylics because I like that we can watch the animals. We can photograph. We do a lot of the little IVDD doggies, as you've seen, that are paralyzed. Yeah. They take their first steps under hyperbaric conditions a lot of times. Oh, that's amazing. And usually they will have other treatments like uh, maybe acupuncture or surgery uh, right. to go with it. But how many Drug. times? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Um, you know, a lot of drug therapies to keep the inflammation down because once you come up from hyperbarics, the inflammation wants to, you know, come back. And so the prednisone and other drugs like that help keep it down so that we can keep moving it down faster and faster. Um, animals respond three times faster to hyperbarics. Most of our protocols are human protocols cut down by you know, to one third of what it, it, it is for humans oh. on the amount, of, not, not the, not the pressure, but the amount of times they go in the chamber. Wow. Okay. Wow. And how have you been during this whole COVID-19 thing? It's not something I ever thought I would ever see. I know that. I mean, I've heard my mom talk about it, you know, some of the older pandemics and stuff like that, but it's, um, I'm kind of an animal person. So I'm surrounded. I live on a farm. I live on a horse farm. So I'm surrounded by animals. So I'm pretty happy. Um, I am worried about some of my veteran friends that have a tendency to want to wall themselves off from the world. I'm, I'm really am very, very worried about a lot of my friends. Okay. But having animals around with you has, you know, kept you perky and, you know, uh, hopefully. Oh, not yeah. Down. Yes, very much so. <laughs> very much so. My daughter and son-in-law and my granddaughter also live with me. So oh, I get, we, yeah, so I do get plenty of company. So how many animals do you have on your farm? Oh, wow. There's 20 horses here. There are 10 cats. Um, there are seven dogs, wow. no, six dogs, six dogs. <laughs> I can't even keep track, you know, and then, you know, so the, the horses belong to owners. Most of them belong to owners. They're being boarded here. My daughter took over my horse business. 
um, and she has just blossomed it to a huge thing. She works with kids um, and she has what's called an equestrian team. Wow. Um, question, what's the largest animal that you fit inside your chamber? Um, probably a baby horse. We do baby horses. We I'm, do, I'm trying uh, to imagine that when I think of a horse, it's quite big. So when you say yeah. a baby horse, uh, like yes. a, like a staffy kind of size or, you know, uh, no, I, we, we, the thoroughbred babies are bigger than that. So they fold up pretty easily in there and go to sleep. Um, so they're usually really, they're usually uh, neonatal babies right out of, you know, they were deprived of oxygen at birth or which we call failure to thrive. Um, or we have a disorder um, called, man, I'm losing my words today really bad, um, where they just, they can't suck, they can't stand. And uh, this just turns them around in 24 hours. We'll do two treatments and it turns them around. We've done osteomyelitis, a foal that had joint infections throughout his body to where he was actually paralyzed. Um, his owners named him Miracle O2. So his name is Milagro Odos. Well, you know, to me, what you're doing is really like a miracle. Because when I, when I look at your feed and, and I see what, you, what you've done for these animals and they're different, so many different cases, you know, they're not just one type of, of, of a medical condition that goes through your chamber. And I'm just going like, oh, wow, it's, it really is like a miracle treatment, you know, to me, uh, what you can do. Uh, it's, it's just amazing, uh, really. The, the strangest animal we've ever done is a $65,000 koi fish. How? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said when he called me. Because so, um, he, he heard about me and he heard that um, the, the really odd thing about hyperbarics, not odd thing, but one of the most fantastic things about it is some of the antibiotics can be carried further into the system. They actually bind with the oxygen molecules and cross the blood-brain barrier to potentiate that antibiotic, yet not make it deadly. You know, it won't get um, to where it's toxic. So he had lost most of his fancy uh, koi fishes um, to a bacterial infection they could not get under control. They would either get the dosage too high and they would die. Um, so he, so we came up with a tank that we put her in that was made of acrylic, just like this. My hyperbarics instructor, of course, he came up with the safety protocol for doing it. We had to use the right adhesive for putting it together, um, which that's the other thing that there, there are dangers with the chamber that you need to know about. Um, we'll, we'll say a few of those later and we just put her in her, in the tank and put her, um, antibiotics in the, in her tank with her and put her in the chamber. And he explained my hyperbaric instructor, you know, how to get her to dive, which koi fish don't really dive deep. So we had to be very, very careful because they don't dive deep because of their, meta because of the way they metabolize oxygen. So... But within five days, he didn't never did bring her back after five days. He said she was perfectly fine. And oh. he, I have, free, I have free koi fish anytime I want to. <laughs> so, 
So that's the strangest one we've done. We have to be careful with some of the drugs that go in the chamber. Um, ivermectin, I don't know if do you guys use that. Do you guys have heartworms over yes. there? Yes. Okay. So that product cannot go in the chamber within 24 to 48 hours unless you're absolutely doing an emergency because it will cross the blood-brain barrier and be potentiated to where it causes seizures in the chamber. Um, and then there's some of the chemos that we um, have to be very, very careful of um, because they, one of them is cardiotoxic. Um, so, and hyperbaries can potentiate that. So we have to be very, very careful on those animals. Um, one of the things that, that we had done is, I don't know if you knew, I was the project coordinator for a project called Keto Pet Sanctuary. Yes, yes I do. And so we got a lot of experience with dealing with cancer and hyperbarics. It was just pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Sorry, I'm, I'm just absorbing everything that you said because, you know, it's, it's just so amazing what you're doing. Oh, wow. Anybody can do it. They just got to step out there and do it. I mean, I, I put, you know, I mean, it was, it was a big project to put Keto Pet Sanctuary together. Believe me, I never thought that I would be using the words radioactive isotopes and have a nuclear physicist on site. It's just do your homework, do your research, find your passion. Susan and I are very passionate about saving animals, but we're also very passionate about making it available and affordable. You know, it's, you know, I mean, I've been on both ends where I didn't have the money to save one of my animals. I've been where I've had the money and, you know, it's, you know, and I've been everywhere in between and it, it's, you know, we just try to do the best we can. Someday we're going to have a foundation where we never have to turn an animal away. Has any animal ever like had claustrophobia? You know, it's like I've been in an MRI machine where, you know, I don't feel very comfortable um, mm -hmm. with the noise going on. But, as, but you said that it's really quiet in there. And it is. It is. And that's why we keep the tops covered. Kind of just kind of it. They just seem comfortable. They can see their owners. We, we've had one out of thousands and th I, I can't even venture to guess how many animals we've done. We had one that decided he wanted out mm -hmm. and that was not pretty. He did damage the chamber. Um, but he, it wasn't that he was claustrophobic. He was mad. He had never been kept in a kennel, okay. you know, which I cannot emphasize enough. Every single animal should be used to being in a kennel in case something goes wrong. They have to go to the vet so they don't stress out as bad. Um, those animals have a tendency to not lay down and relax. And I believe completely that this modality works much better if they just lay down and go to sleep. And our environment that we provide here makes it to where it's quiet. The machines run extremely quietly. There's no loud noises. There's not animals barking and crying. You know, it's just very, very quiet. And most of them, 99.5% of them just go in and go to sleep. Thank you so much.
No, thank you for everything that you do. I love following you, seeing the critters <laughs> that you help and save. And yeah. I prepare especially to make your job a little easier. Yeah, I, I really wish I had one. Uh, that's all I can say. I wish you were in Singapore. That's every time I see your feet, I go, dang, I wish you was here. <laughs> you know, because when I, we've had cases where um, when we do rescue work, and every time I see an injured animal, you know, and I tell my friends, you know, I think hyperbaric oxygen will help. And they look at me kind of funny because, you know, mm -hmm. it's really not common. And I say, what, what do you mean? I'm like, I think it works, you know. I, I've seen it work on, on by this lady and I will tell them your story as well. And mm -hmm. it just really amazed. But I think in Singapore, um, like I said, there is one specialist center that does offer um, hyperbaric treatment. But mm -hmm. I've not dared pick up the phone to ask how much do they charge, uh, you know, because <laughs> usually um, treatments like this in Singapore, it's, it's quite expensive. And we don't, yeah. really do, we don't really have, um, it's not common to have pet insurance. And if you do rescue work, you know, we don't really do insurance when you're doing rescue work. It, it's, it's, yeah. Well, we, we do try to offer a discount and then we, then sometimes I'll have somebody that I know has, money that's their animals are getting treatments in here i'll ask them i say hey do you mind if i put a rescue animal in there with yours you know and some of them go oh no no i don't want a rescue animal in with mine but most of them say sure because i put them in a crate they're completely separated i separate them by another crate i mean and before covid this chamber was split up three ways and i could make it either this one was a large could do a large animal here and right to about here and two smaller animals. And, you know, but once that started coming up, I, you know, I said, you know, I can't take the chance. And I know that it's hurt a lot of people coming because they needed to pay $90 a session, but it's the only way I could ensure the safety of my staff, my, my own animal, I mean, my own family and, and myself and them, if we should, you know, give it to them. You know, if we, if I happen to have it and I, left it on their coat or something like that. You know, we've had to change everything that we have done to ensure the safety of the complete circle. Do you, just a really, you know, curious question. Do you have to sterilize the inside of the chamber after each session? Yes, 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 we do. Yes, you have cleaning procedures. Yeah, so, it, so that $90 covers a little over two hours of time. So you can see we don't make a lot of money at that. But it's just been Susan's and my mission and passion to share this with everyone. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you know, like I said, you're just, you're just amazing. And, you know, um, it's a pity Susan's not with you. Or I like to say hello <laughs> and thank her as well. <laughs> well she, is, she is running a chamber in Elgin and she has a snake bite dog in there right now, a rattlesnake dog, Cece. I'm going to do an update on her uh, probably later today, maybe. I'm really bad about getting case studies out. I have a million of them that I've never put out there, but I'm not very good at that portion of that. So, no, but you know, I, I'm, I'm just very grateful that, you know, one thing with social, I'm, I'm terrible with social media. I'm actually, mm -hmm. an and it took me a very long time to actually get a Facebook account. I think only in the last few years, because I was 
looking for um, alternative holistic modalities for my rescue work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. was, um, I don't know if you heard of um, Dr. Melissa Shelton of Animalio. Oh, yes. Oil. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we use her oils um, a lot in, in our rescue work. And I see that. Yeah, and, and she said, um, you know, uh, she had this little thing like, oh, join my Facebook group to learn more. And I went, oh, crap. That means I have to get a Facebook account because, you know, <laughs> I'm really bad at that. <laughs> so I got into that and then slowly I sort of, you know, found my way around the social media network and Facebook world. And that's how I found you. And because I follow Rodney Habib and Dr. Karen Becker and Keith yes. Century. And that mm-hmm. led me actually to, to you. <laughs> well, how I met them is they came out to Keto Pet. Um, and we were in full swing working and they came out there several times. They couldn't believe what we were doing out there. I mean, they just, they said it changed their whole thought process on everything. And so, yeah, they're pretty amazing people. And they have brought light to animal nutrition better than anybody has ever done. Yeah. No, but thank you so much for your contribution because, you know, I think what you do is, it's just, you know, mind blowing, you know, yep. like I said, it's like really like a miracle. I think if we didn't have technology and I saw what you did, I think you'd be like God or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, magic, no, magic. I'm like just magic. a girl. I am just a girl. <laughs> and you know what, if you want to see this in Singapore, you know, there. I mean, I'd be happy to talk to anyone that's interested in trying to do this. I mean, you know, come up with a plan, come up with a way to do it. Okay. I have lots of connections. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to part two of Terry's story. Look out for part two of Raw Strucks interview next week. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.